Good evening from Plughead Studios in Largo, Florida. I'm Scott. I'm Abram. And we are here with episode 484 of F5 Live, Refreshing Technology, for November 19th, 2017. This show is a proud part of the Tech Podcast Network. If it's tech, it's here. This week, EA actually listens to gamers... DJI doesn't respect bug bounty reports, and Amazon brings more to the Lord of the Rings universe. Wherever you are and however you're accessing our show, thank you, uh, whether it be through Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music Podcasts, Podcast Play in the Microsoft Store, on Facebook or YouTube, or any of our live platforms, Livestream.com, Periscope, Twitch, or Mixer, thank you for making us a part of your day. Uh, this here is F5 Live, Refreshing Technology, uh, the flagship show on the Plug Kids Live family of content. We are live every Sunday night, almost every Sunday night, at about 9 p.m. Eastern Time. And there are two ways that you can join us. You can join us live during that time by going to f5live.tv slash join us. From there, uh, from there, you can chat with us in the studio. And uh, Abram and I always appreciate getting comments throughout the show, especially on the Pilch Point topic, which will be on in just a little bit. Uh, but you can also subscribe by going to plugkidslive.com slash subscribe. There you will see this show and our other shows as well, including the Pilch Point with Abram Pilch, uh, our special events feed, <laughs> the 3000 Brigade podcast. Which will be back with a new episode in just a couple of days, and all of our other series as well. I want to apologize in advance. Um, I am a little sick. My throat's a little scratchy, so I might pause occasionally throughout the show to take a drink so that I don't uh, cough in your ears. Uh, um, I think, though, for the for the spiel, that's it, right, Abram? How are you? Not bad, not bad. How 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 are you doing? Uh, other than a scratchy throat, not too bad. Uh, last weekend was was a lot of fun. It's a shame that we weren't able to do a to do a show uh, from from Anime EY, uh, but that's okay because the Three Thousand Brigade has a show that will be published uh, soon, and the stage show is. Uh, We've now done 12 of them. It is, I think, my third favorite. I really I really enjoyed this. Uh, As always. Yep. <laughs> your, your 30 seconds of pause. Uh, I think this, 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 it's hard for me not to call it an episode. This stage show, I think, was uh, my third favorite of the 12 that have been done. And uh, congratulations to the 3000 Brigade cast because a lot of time, a lot of effort, and it definitely paid off. Uh, but it was it was disappointing not getting to talk to you last week, but we're back. Things are normal again for like a month, which is <laughs> is pretty great. How have you guys been preparing for uh, uh for Black Friday? So much. So much uh this is this is, you know, a big season for us because we know that people come to Tom's Guide and Laptop Mag to um you know, to research their purchases. This is a big time of year for people to buy things, buy, you know, gadgets, both for themselves and as gifts. Um, 
and obviously with Black Friday coming up and the whole we're really in the season right now, uh, you know, people are, are looking for that for that advice more than ever. And uh, we we obviously have a lot of deals that we're highlighting on laptopmag.com and tomsguide.com. Sure. Uh, we have some listed at the top of the site and then we also have, uh, you know, a best uh, a best deals page, best deals pages where we where we highlight uh, the top bargains of the day. And I'll talk be talking more during the Pilch Point segment about how to spot uh, a good deal this this holiday season. Uh, but whether you're finding something as a deal or you're just, hey, want to buy something because you need it um, now, uh, we um, you know, we've got we we're really battening down the hatches on on all of our uh, all of our shot, all of our advice content. Uh, the last couple of weeks and at the same time getting in a lot of new laptops because sort of like i don't know students handing in their term paper at the last moment we're getting a lot of uh <laughs> manufacturers sending us things sending us uh laptops getting it just under the wire before the holiday season oh that's uh, funny. so you know i mean it's not just us that they're it's not sure that they're sending it to us because they're hoping they will review before the holiday. i mean they are but it's because they're coming out with it real late. Right. So, you know, one example for one example is Microsoft, who just started shipping the Surface, the Surface Two, Surface Book Two, Surface Book Two, uh, and we reviewed the 15-inch. Uh, it's up on our website from Thursday, um, and we liked it a lot, by the way. But um, you know, wow, if you're trying to get people to buy this in time for, you know, Hanukkah or Christmas, you're cutting it real close. Yep. Um, it's, you know. it's definitely a dangerous time to be sending this stuff out because you don't want to get mixed in with a hundred other companies or models all being shipped together that are going to get stacked up in the order they come in, you know? Well, well listen, we, we prioritize based on what we, we know people are looking for. Fair so enough. that's good. You know, so first of all, if it's a hot product like the Surface Book 2, we're going to, of course, review that right away. And sure. they had us under an embargo to review, to have post our review at exactly 9am and that's when we publish it. Um, but you know, other things that come in, sure, you know, sure there's, you know, we've got a lot of, a lot of recent Dell Inspirons that came in and they're all, they're all very nice, but you know, we do have to prioritize uh, those sorts of things where it's refreshes of, of something that's not, you know, that's not breaking news. Yeah. So to speak. Yeah, that makes sense. It's, it's good that you recognize that there are certain things that need to take a higher priority. Oh boy, if I didn't, my boss would hear about it. Not only do we, not only do we, you know, use some human judgment, uh, but we look at what the search trends are, what people are looking for. Sure. So that makes sense. You know. Well, that's good. We are also stacked up on uh, <laughs> on review products right now. And uh, we've been publishing those as quickly as we can. So you will see lots of reviews from both of us because we're in the same boat that Laptop and Tom's Guide are, that everybody is uh, panic shipping products right at the end. So I mean, I, I appreciate it. Listen, I, I mean, I, I just wish I had more people on the staff to like so we could be doing like getting them done faster because, you know, they are important. So, of course. Well, with that, um, obviously, everybody 
pay attention to the website, to pay attention to the social media, because uh, we're all going to be posting a lot of reviews over the next couple of weeks. And with that, let's get into some news. This week's Nifty Gifties on F5 Live is proudly powered by the Microsoft Store, the newly expanded Microsoft Store, where you can uh, purchase everything from the new Surface Book 2 to apps for your uh, Windows device or your Xbox One, or you can purchase your Windows device or an Xbox One and a number of other products as well, including... uh, Windows Mixed Reality headsets, of which there are a number, and non-Microsoft products as well. Um, The Fitbit Charge HR and uh, speakers and all kinds of other products are available by going to f5live.tv slash Microsoft. Speaking of, I am still trying to decide whether I like the new... uh, icon in windows for the windows store <laughs> but that's okay the uh, one that looks like a shopping bag you mean yeah the the old one did too but it was tipped a little bit and now it's flat and it's gone from having the windows logo to having the microsoft logo i i don't know it didn't it didn't have color to it before it was the the windows logo was hollow and now the microsoft logo was colored in it and it's a little odd uh, like on the taskbar and stuff but that's ah, okay it's a splash of color that you can always remove can you remove it though can't you you can't unpin it yeah you can, well, unpin, you can unpin the app yeah but i like to keep yeah. the store down there okay well <laughs> i'm still it looks it looks weirder on the windows phone on the tile that's that's where it looks really bizarre on the on the desktop it doesn't look bad but on the phone it looks a little bizarre anyway let's talk about uh germany <laughs> i know weird transition um so germany this week has uh, banned the sale of smart watches for kids because the government has um uh classified them as spying devices now that might seem bizarre, but let's let's get you from the start to where we are today. Uh, some of the devices, particularly ones that aren't sold uh, here in the United States, um, have the ability to uh, be triggered remotely for a number of things, right? Like even the ones that are here, um, I know at CES, I think both of us have interviewed a couple of companies, I think one in common, that... Uh, offered a like a smartwatch for kids that allowed parents to track the GPS location of their child, um, and and so that's kind of common, and that's an ability to to trigger it remotely. But in this case, the the device in question that that uh, I guess reclassified smartwatches uh, in Germany was the fact that there's a microphone built in that can be triggered remotely as well. And so what parents were doing was, uh, helicopter parents in particular, were triggering the microphone remotely and listening in on their children's teachers during class. Okay, I can see how 
a teacher might find that annoying, but not not particularly harmful until the parent comes storming in because, you know, the, I don't know, the teacher gave homework or, you know, those kinds of parents. Said something they don't like, yeah. Yeah, those those kinds of parents, you know, the whole, it used to be 90% of the time with the students and 10% with the teachers, and now it's kind of flopped for some teachers. Uh, the, those kinds of parents are, are the ones that would be triggering this microphone remotely. But the government made the leap from parents listening in on teachers to these things are spy devices. And they're concerned about espionage which okay right off the bat the idea that there's that there's an electronic device out there that allows you to turn on a microphone and listen around okay i can see that but that device has to be in a place where espionage might happen right like isn't that like isn't that an essential part of this are we expecting so, eight-year-olds to be around classified conversations? So let's try and play this out to its logical conclusion, right? Supposing, I remember hearing years ago, and I thought this was a crazy story, but you could see the logic of it once you started to like get it. I remember somebody telling me, I don't know if this is true, but I'm, I'm sure it was, that Teddy, was it? Teddy Rockspin or, or one of those Teddy Rockspin was not allowed in CIA headquarters because because it had and it was that's that's crazy. Well, first of all, who would bring Teddy Rockspin to CIA headquarters? Right. Uh, but is it bring your kids to work day or something? But um, you know, well, it could be used as a recording device. Is that is that true? Could Teddy Rockspin have been used as a recording device, the original one? Because the new one certainly cannot. But uh, it's an interesting question. I mean, uh, it was a cassette player, but I don't know necessarily it that it could have. I mean, with a little bit of modification, it could have been right. So perhaps they couldn't tell, hey, like this could be a recording device. Sure. So we don't know if it's been modded and it's just easier to assume that it has. Right. Right. So so don't, you know, no recording devices. Sure. Got it. So. This is a recording device. Now, here's the problem, though. There, first of all, why is this worse than any other recording device that is on your watch? Because couldn't you get an adult smartwatch mm-hmm. that has a microphone in it, absolutely, such as an Apple Watch, uh, and just do the recording yourself if you're going to be a spy? Sure. If you're going to do espionage, like why would you need to trigger it remotely? Absolutely. You could, or conversely, couldn't you get an adult smartwatch? If the idea was to be stealth about it and like leave the smartwatch somewhere in an office and like this, you know, the, the secret spy's office uh-huh. in a drawer somewhere where they're not going to see it and use it and trigger it remotely. Like you don't need the, the child watch to do that. Right. Couldn't you do that with a, I mean, I don't know if Absolutely. if there is software to do that for Absolutely. um. If not, it would be pretty easy to write. Right. I mean, right. Exactly. So, banning the kids' watch 
doesn't really make a lot of sense when adult watches could be used for that purpose also, as could recording devices, as could, I mean, there's a million phones. There's a million different things that can be used as recording devices now. The fact that it can be triggered remotely, which it's not the only thing that can be triggered remotely, uh, doesn't make it uh, unique and special. And the chant, and I mean, if you don't want someone to use the device for espionage, don't allow the device in a secure location. You know, they Absolutely. didn't ban Teddy Ruxpin from from uh, Toys R Us, right? Just because they banned it from the CIA headquarters, right? What's okay for the you know, for the playroom may not be okay for the secret government facility. Like, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, Indeed. you know, I'm sure you also cannot bring a, a protractor into a secure location because it could be used as a weapon. I don't know. Like hmm. what other things from school are probably not appropriate and not appropriate in the spy agency. I, I, I don't know. So a lot of things, you know, you know, it's what if you're, you know, Trapper Keeper is a spy device. Um, He's there, Trapper Keeper anymore. There, there were Trapper Keepers that had uh, uh, little recorders in them before I think the brand went away <laughs> for like so recording it, voice notes. See, I miss Trapper Keepers. Anyway, the yes. So to your point, it is ridiculous because they're trying to solve a problem that doesn't exist or if that device is suspect and so are a million other devices that are not right. um, on banned. this list. Now, yeah. you think it's ridiculous now. Let me one up it for you just a little bit. In addition to banning the sale of these devices in the country, um, the government is asking parents who already have one to destroy them. <laughs> Well, I guess that's consistent, right? Like, Indeed. if you consider it to be dangerous, why let it continue? I mean, if you're really, if you're, if you're all in, you're all in, I guess, right? I guess so. I have a feeling that uh, some of the neighboring countries are about to see kids' smartwatch sales. Uh, what? What? Go up a what bit. brand of what brand of smartwatch is this? Um, I. The BBC didn't mention the brand in particular, but I've seen a lot of talk of uh, who, by the way, the BBC is where the original story came from. I haven't seen um, too much talk of, of brands. Um, there's, there's a brand called Explora, X-P-L-O-R-A, which um, was featured in, in the, uh, the BBC article, but they didn't mention it like by name. Uh, but a number of organizations have mentioned uh, VTech by name, which makes me think that I, if there was going to be a company that made a thing like this, VTech seems like the the place to be. Um, but uh, the Explora brand is. Um, like featured in in their uh, their headline, or and their uh, what's it called the the hero image at the top. But that might be a UK. Ah, uh, so explore. That might be a UK thing. Yeah, actually, I th actually I think a watch. You know, not to get digressed too much. I think a watch like this is a great idea. Right. 
I'm speaking as a parent here. I think a watch like this is a great idea. You know, you, you want to listen, you want to keep tabs on your kids. I mean, I know when I was a teenager, I was like, oh man, you know, I don't want my parents like keeping track of every place I'm going and whatever. And maybe when they get to a certain age, there's got to be a higher level of trust. But, you know, with all the dangers in school these days, you know, and you don't want to give it, let's say you don't want to give your kid a phone because they're a little young for it. So you give them a watch so you can just contact them or they can contact you in emergency. Uh-huh. Yeah. And you can make sure that makes that makes a lot of sense. It's, now, it's the evolution of the the kids phones that, yeah. that just had like two or three buttons and they only could like call mom, call dad, call grandma. The buttons were pre- all pre-programmed remotely. Yeah, I would I would totally I mean not he's a little young for it now, but yeah. in like a couple of years I would give it to my son, absolutely. You know, now the remote listening part, that sounds kinda that sounds kinda bad. Like I, I kinda don't I don't uh I don't like that that feature at all. Uh I mean, you know, I don't like this sort of secret spying stuff. Uh-huh. But yeah. you know, open monitoring is different than secret spying like i know i'm geofencing you so i know if you don't come home straight from school right, like right like that you know it's different than i'm going to secretly trigger this and listen to you so for sure um it's interesting the logo for this product is almost identical to a product that i built anyway that is a different problem <laughs> uh anyway so yeah that's that's interesting i have a feeling that uh some other countries are going to start seeing some sales spikes in this product category. If it, just as a guess, if Germany is not going to allow them to be sold in the country, my guess is uh, the UK starts seeing a small sales spike in them. But that's just a guess. This week's Pilch Point with Abram Pilch is probably powered by Monster Products. The headphones on my head right now, the uh, the Monster Elements, available in a number of colors and available in on-ear, over-ear, and uh, in-ear styles as well. There's also uh, the Clarity Bluetooth Designer Series, which I'm looking at right now and is really slick looking, and they seem to have solved my one complaint with these. Uh, <laughs> And uh, obviously, there's more than just that as well. There's uh, sports headphones and wired and wireless and speakers. Everything from the tiny little hotshot to the giant monster blaster and all of the cables and power to connect to them and all of your other devices as well. And you can find all of those products by going to f5live.tv slash monster. And that music means that it is time for the Pilch Point with online editorial director of Laptop Magazine and Tom's Guide, Abram Pilch. Abram, it's the holidays. Hey. It's the holidays. We're we're there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um, wow, big time. As I mentioned earlier in the show, big big time for us at uh, Laptop Mag and Tom's Guide, uh, cataloging the deals uh, and. Cataloging the deals, help, helping sort of find people make their buying decisions when they're purchasing tech products. Uh, obviously, we have a lot about laptops specifically on laptopmag.com, and we have 
uh, a lot on all kinds of other gadgets on, on tomsguide.com. And, you know, as it comes to laptops, I'll just tease real quick. Uh, this, this here is a laptop I just reviewed, uh, just po- published today, the Acer Spin 1. Uh, really, really nice uh, computer uh, that is not on sale, but is an incredible deal anyway because it's $329 uh, for a 2-in-1 that is all aluminum. Wow. Comes with an active stylus. And, wow. And the screen which is not on right now, uh, is absolutely brilliant. You cannot really tell, you know, it cannot really do it justice uh, to show it on screen sure. anyway. Uh, this thing, this screen here, is 1080p, 130, uh, like 130% color gamut, like over 300 nits brightness, it is a better screen than we see on many thousand dollar laptops. Wow. So, so like <laughs> that now, you know, it's a, it's a seller on inside. So, you okay. know, as you got your trade offs, but, uh, nevertheless, uh, check out our review of that. So, uh, the Acer spin one on, on laptopmag.com. So, uh, just in general, um, obviously you don't have to wait for Friday or even for the day before because we're in Black Friday season now and we're going to be in Black Friday season for the next two to three weeks. Um, you know, really right up to before the holidays, but the best deals are probably going to be in the next two weeks. Um, so how do you know what what is a good deal and what is not? First of all, you got to have, I say you got to have a strategy. Your strategy should be not, Oh, let me see what deals are and I'll just buy some stuff. I mean, by all means check out deals and there may be things that you didn't realize that you needed. You know, there's always there's always room to buy another micro SD card. Sure. There's always room to get another USB hub. Uh, sure. but you should have a game plan. What are the things that I really am looking for and what would I want to pay for them? You know, like I always have a couple of things that are like, yeah, I really could use this device right now. Uh, For example, right now, the device at the moment for me is is a new color laser printer. So I will be looking to see what are the prices on on color laser color laser printers. Uh, You know, this particular HP LaserJet Pro I have my eye on. If it drops below a certain drops a certain price, I'm gonna get it. So you you know, I think whether you're shopping for a laptop or you're shopping for a phone or you're shopping for a monitor, you definitely want to kind of have some have in mind like, okay, you know, what's, what's a regular price. And then like, what's a good price. So, uh, you always want to compare the deal price of a product to the current price on other sites, because what one company touts as a deal, may be the regular, like, you know, it may be a hot deal on, you know, tiger direct, but it might be the same price that it is always on Amazon. Sure. So you want to check against some of the major sites like Amazon and Newegg. You want to use price history tools like camelcamelcamel.com, which tells you what the history of the, what the price history is on Amazon for any given product. So you know, is this actually a lower than it usually is? Is it the lowest it ever was? Obviously, you don't want to buy something just because it's cheap. You want to buy something because it's a good deal and it, and it's something that you actually need or want, uh, or you know, or is a good gift for somebody. 
Yes. Or as a good gift for someone. Um, you know, so that would also be in your sort of, oh, I think I should get these things for, for folks. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm of the opinion that within a certain price range, people are going to be buying gifts. But generally speaking, if you're looking at something that's a thousand dollars, you know, 800, 700, 500 dollars, there's a good chance you're buying it for yourself and there's no shame in that. This is a good time of year to get things, to get things for yourself that are not a gift that you need. Uh, you know, but it's also obviously a great time to, to get gifts. Um, you know, in particular, we have a few key deals that we're, we're watching, uh, for, uh, the Dell XPS 13, our favorite computer, our favorite notebook overall, favorite consumer notebook. Uh, the one that I brought on the show a few weeks ago, um, is was on sale this past week for as low as $930 when it is normally $1,250 with a Core i7, uh, with a Core i7 processor, 256 gig SSD and, and 1080p screen. That's normally $1,250. It's under $1,000 right now as we speak. I think it's $970 right now and it was $930 earlier depending on the coupon. So uh, that's a really fantastic deal. We'll probably continue uh, in some form throughout the week. Uh, if you're into ThinkPads, uh, which are obviously fantastic laptops, you can definitely uh, want to check out what Sales Lenovo is having on uh, on all of their ThinkPads, but particularly on the ThinkPad T470, which is our favorite productivity notebook. If you can get that with good, you know, that usually starts at 800 something, but if you can get that at, with good specs like a 1080p screen and SSD for under 1050, that would be a great deal. Uh, if you know, the X one carbon is another one. If you can get that for under 1300 bucks, uh, that would be a great deal. Obviously getting any laptop with a full HD screen and a 256 gig SSD for under 550 would be a fantastic deal. Um, I'm not saying all those will happen, but those are things to keep an eye out for. Obviously, you know, you also want to keep an eye out. Another thing to really look for deals on is obviously is monitors because you could always use a second monitor if you don't have one or a third monitor perhaps, or to go to higher res. If you can find that is actually on my list this year for the studio here. If you can go to obviously any day you can get a monitor for under a hundred dollars. That's 1080p, not necessarily a great one. Uh, but if you see a 4k monitor for under 250, I would consider that a steal. And if you see, a 1080p monitor for under 90 bucks that might be worth considering also uh, another thing people do to frequently do to upgrade themselves is to get uh, get a larger ssd for their computers or, or for their P desktop or laptop if you see a 500 gig drive for under 100 bucks that would be that would be a fantastic deal do you remember when we were excited that uh that it ssds had come under a dollar a gig yeah, well, you knew it was going to get cheaper. I mean, you know, it, it wasn't. They're still not cheap enough, uh, but they're still not cheap enough. And and the prices actually haven't dropped much recently because there's been a shortage of of NAND flash memory. So, yeah. so I'm not sure if we're going to see fantastic deals on SSDs this holiday season. But if you do, that might that's something to keep to keep an eye out for for sure. Um, because yeah, I, I I sure remember days when I was saying, oh, like 64 gig would be it'd be lovely to have a 64 gig SSD. I'll make the trade-offs, you know. Yep, I remember. 
I remember uh, upgrading the uh, the editing computer in the office and adding a 128 to it and being excited about it. Now I'm like, oh, what a pain in the butt that would have been because obviously I've I've replaced that one at this point. <laughs> but there's still, especially when you're buying, when you're configuring a laptop, like let's say you're going oh, to buy yeah. a, a Dell XPS or you're going to buy a ThinkPad and you're or an HP uh, notebook and you're like, oh yeah, I can choose between a 256 and a 512 and a one terabyte. And like the amount that they charge you to move up from like 128 to 256 or 256 to 512 is like hundreds and hundreds of dollars for that, that article that, that you did a while back on, on things that don't make it better uh, or prices that are ridiculous things you can do yourself. Uh, yeah, is one of my one of my all time favorites because because of that problem in particular, the fact that there it's so much more expensive to ask but, HP to screw something in for you than to do it yourself. But, but they they get you now because uh-huh. there are a lot of laptops you simply cannot upgrade. Yeah. Uh, biggest case in point: Surface Book. Yeah. The twenty four ninety nine Surface Book two. Uh, the 2499 Surface Book 2, the base 15-inch model is 256 gig SSD. But wait, this is for creative professionals who are doing video editing. 256 gig is not a lot when you're doing video editing. That's so sure. to go up to like a 512 is like another like 300 bucks. And to go up to like a, ter- like a terabyte is like 500 bucks. It's like it's a lot more than it costs Microsoft. Let's put it that way. Yeah. It's, a, it's, it, it's and, and you don't have a you don't have an opt-out because you can't open them. Right. Yeah. So they don't even come come with a Thunderbolt port so you can attach a really fast external drive. So, you know. Yeah, going from 256 to 1 terabyte takes the 15 Core i7 from 24.99 to 32.99. Right. So you're spending literally $700 for another 750 gig. Yeah. Uh, and I promise you, even though one terabyte drives are not cheap, if you go and look for one terabyte drive on PCIe uh, SSD on Newegg, I'm sure that you can get one for a lot less than um, than $700. For sure. Yeah. You know, and Microsoft pays less than that because they're buying in bulk. So... You know, you are definitely manufacturers are ripping you off. But what can you do if you have a computer that can be upgraded, though? This is a great time to uh, to buy yourself an upgrade, uh, an SSD upgrade, uh, possibly a RAM upgrade, too. Anyhow, uh, I encourage everyone to check out our best deals pages on LaptopMag.com and Tom'sGuide.com. We will be updating them in real time all week, including on Black Friday and on Thursday. I personally will be uh, tweet me and say hi at at Geek and Cheap because I personally will be working on Thanksgiving Day, uh, Thanksgiving Day uh, updating deals on our sites. So, uh, you know, so believe me, the deals will be fresh. (laughs) Well, I'm I'm sorry that you have to work on Thanksgiving, but I know that uh, the readers appreciate it. No, it's cool. It's cool. I get to break for dinner. It's cool. Well, that's good. 
<laughs> dinner being subjective since most of us do it at like two. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, Avram, thank you. Uh, the The laptop review, is it available now or is it? Yes, right now. Right now. On laptopmag.com. Awesome. Go for the home, on the homepage. And it's the Acer... Acer Spin One. Spin One. See, you just said it recently. You just said it a few minutes ago, and it's already gone out of my head. That's not great. Spin One. I I really like the look of it. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. It's very very pretty. And the keyboard is good, too. Well, that's that's always something that, that you and I complain about on laptops is keyboards. So that's it's good to hear that you like it. Yeah, great, great laptop for kids. Great secondary laptop for adults. I mean, the, the the processing power and the storage is not something you'd want to be your only, your main computer. Sure. Uh, but it it's a good like low intensity. Using, yeah. Using it for Word on the train, for example. Yeah, fantastic Got for it. that. Fantastic for drawing. Comes with an active stylus. Yeah, I love that. So. so you know, really nice. I wish that other manufacturers, including Acer, would put such a nice, this good of a screen on their more expensive laptops. That's such a weird sentence to have to say, isn't it? Yep. It feels it feels like a mistake. Yeah. Like, it feels like they messed up. <laughs> like, they, like they seen, put the screen on the wrong hardware. Yes, but I saw it at Computex, and it had the screen there also, so I don't think it's just the <laughs> one I got. Um, Fair enough. On, on, a, on a really quick side note, Target has a version of this laptop, an old, the slightly older version, but supposedly has the same screen, just as plastic, for I think two sixty nine. Wow. So, so if you don't mind it not being as nice, and I don't think that comes with a stylus. I but, was going to um, ask. I, but uh, but the but I believe it has the same screen and it has the same processor, RAM, and, and storage. So. Cool. Um, so it might be worth considering you save even more. Very interesting. Well, I'm going to check out the review as soon as the show is over, and everybody else should as well. And uh, until next week, uh, we'll we'll find out what our what our post Black Friday topic is. Uh, I guess have a good uh, Thanksgiving doing uh, work. <laughs> <laughs> This week's Extra Life on F5 Live is proudly powered by Razer. All of the gaming accessories that uh, you could possibly need to power your, uh, to level up your gaming experience are available at the Razer store. Right now, uh, there is a Razer backpack that is available uh, for free when you buy a, um, uh, a Razer Blade laptop. Uh, obviously there's more than that there's there's keyboards and mice that are unbelievable by the way we have them here in the studio and in the office um, and then they've got uh, all kinds of other devices like the razor blade stealth and uh, in in variety of configurations and their new programmable uh, LED strips that allow you to customize 
more of your space using the existing Razer platform. You can find all of those products by going to f5live.tv slash Razer. So, the topic uh, of the week, kind of, like, in general, even almost outside of gaming, just, like, the topic of the week was the launch of Star Wars Battlefront 2 and the controversy leading up to it. Now, the gaming industry over the last couple of years has changed. It used to be you'd go to the store and, you know, pay 50, 60 bucks for a, a AAA title You'd get home and have the game. That's not so much the way it works anymore. It uh, it started with adding DLC, which was a nice way for a game to continue generating revenue over time for the developers and to extend the experience for the gamer. Uh, so there was a nice middle ground. Everybody had something to gain there. And then DLC started to become more of the game and less of it came in the box, which annoyed gamers, and lately, the concept has taken a new turn through microtransactions and the idea to of uh, pay to win. That some games simply cannot be played without purchasing things in game, and that was the approach that EA took with Star Wars Battlefront Two. Uh, there were, there are a lot of aspects of the game that are only available by uh, purchasing them with in-game currency, which can be earned in the game, but the amount of time it takes to earn uh, enough currency to buy things in the game is exorbitant, and so the only way to really get all of the pieces of the game is to give EA extra money. Um, I have... I've seen some calculations on what the overall cost would be to have to purchase all aspects of the game, and I the number that's in my head is somewhere in the fourteen thousand dollar range, which obviously is insane. Um, I don't know that that number is true. I might be making it up. They might have been making it up. I don't remember. But uh, to put it into perspective, just to add Darth Vader to the game. If you were to do it entirely with uh, in-game time for currency, would take around 40 hours of playtime in the game. Now, if if you can get any human being today outside of uh, Call of Duty to log that, like the average the average player to log that much time in any game at all would be impressive to do it just to unlock Vader and none of the other parts. Ooh, that's not going to happen. Um, so obviously money was going to be an aspect of this. However, uh, the internet and particularly Reddit went crazy complaining about, uh, this, this, uh, business model. And so EA has actually turned off in game and we don't know if they have changed the, the currency model for for uh, making purchases in the game, but uh, they did apologize, kind of. They apologized uh, saying that uh, they were sorry they didn't get it right, 
which obviously does not mean we're sorry we included microtransactions, just we're sorry that the way we included them did not make you happy, and then said, uh, don't worry, they'll be back. So the gaming community today is mostly happy, but knows that at some point in the future and probably the semi-near future, EA and DICE are going to uh, gut punch them again. So I think EA saw that they were going to be in some pretty, like, Justice League-style financial trouble and uh, tried to avoid it. For those of you uh, who haven't heard, uh, this weekend has not been good for that movie. Anyway, <laughs> um, yeah, so I think that they were they were really afraid that people were legitimately not going to buy the game because people are starting to get annoyed with EA and like that this would be the thing I think that would push people over the edge and back away from EA. What do you think Abram? Yeah. I mean, it is a little bit crazy how games kind of come at you with their handout and, um, man, it's tough. I just going to count this as a parent perspective. It is tough when you have kids now, I don't think Battlefront is made to be played by who would you say? How old would you say people are to start playing Battlefront? I think it's rated T. Okay. But even if you had a teen, right? You know, like with my son, he totally doesn't even understand the concept of like things. You know, we try to make him understand the concept of expensive and too expensive, whatever. But like, you know, yeah, you, you know, let's say you got this as a holiday present for your teen. You know, and they're like playing it like, hey, mom and dad, you know, I really want to unlock Darth Vader. Uh-huh. This game, this game is really boring without Darth Vader. I mean, yeah, it's that's lame. It's really lame. But unfortunately, it's part of a really lame trend. You know, now a lot of things that do this are freemium games where they're at least they had they don't try to charge you money to get in. They're just trying to get you addicted so that you then start paying them. You know, so that would like, you know asphalt games like asphalt mm-hmm. are all about like yeah. man you know I, I remember starting to play asphalt with my son a while back on the phone i was like wow this game is fantastic i wish i could just buy the game and not have it try and get me to buy things because now i can't like give him the phone to play it or give him that because like wait he's gonna buy stuff or he's gonna and just like that or, or and or he's gonna need to right yeah so you know yeah it's 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 frustrating, you know. It 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 seems to permeate all aspects of gaming. You know, like we got this game. We were playing this game a few months ago, a couple months ago, called Skylanders on mm-hmm. on the PlayStation. Yeah, it's a uh, well, those toys to life games. Like you take the the things and put them on. The, so you start playing the game, and then you find out that there are certain kinds of vehicles and certain kind of characters you need to play certain missions. And it really, and it real like you can get to the end of the game. To their credit, you can get to the end of the game, but you keep encountering these things. Are like, hey, would you rescue this underwater thing? And my son's like, uh, we don't have a sea vehicle. Come on, can't we just go get a sea vehicle? <laughs> now, at least there, at least there, it wasn't uh, in game transaction. You had to go to the store or order a, a piece and put it on the platform. So there was that barrier to entry, but uh, thank goodness, <laughs> you know. But yeah, it's uh, 
it's frustrating because it feels like you you bought this and then they're advertising to you in the middle of it like, but you already got my money. Uh huh. How much do you want? More. So yeah, I apparently. <laughs> so I have the math. Uh, three thousand one hundred and eleven loot crates, which will require four thousand five hundred and twenty-eight hours of gameplay. <laughs> That's the math on uh on how long it would take uh for everything, and that comes out to a grand total of two thousand one hundred dollars of uh, real-world money. You probably could get a job working at working at like minimum wage and make more than that for your time. Right? <laughs> I mean, I don't know, maybe playing Star Wars Battlefront is better than the job you would have gotten, but I'm just saying. Um, yeah. Well, it is uh it is a little less than fifty cents an hour. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um obviously this has created a couple of problems. One, the fact that gamers have been mad at um at EA, the other problem is um, a bigger one that we won't uh, discuss tonight, but perhaps we'll bring up in uh, in a future show. And that's that's the the idea of the legality of these loot crates, um, or the uh, the range of legality of loot crates, depending on what it is, uh, you know. The, the ones in Overwatch are given to you, you know, in-game uh, pretty pretty regularly, and you, you're t- you get random items in it. But if you have to pay for them with real-world currency, the current conversation is, is that gambling? And a number of countries are, uh, are beginning to investigate it, including the United States. So... That will be an interesting story to follow over the next probably couple of weeks. It's probably way too early to to have too great of an idea of where people stand on it to be able to discuss it, but it's definitely something that I think Avram and I will have to have to deal with at some point, maybe before the end of the year. It's it's interesting. I Oh I, man, is the government gonna try to charge you income tax on those things then? I don't know. I don't know where it's going to stand. It's going to be, it's going to be fascinating. Um, like if you win loot crates, do you have to report? Are you going to have in the game if they have value and it's considered gambling? I mean, when don't you have to de- like if you win a certain amount of money, don't you have to declare it as? Are you supposed to de- declare it? Yes, declare it as income. You're definitely supposed to declare it, and the the company that is issuing the the quote unquote bet. The gamble has to have a uh, has to have a casino license, which means they have to exist in one of like very specific places in the United States. So th- mm. <laughs> this is going to be fascinating to follow. Um, it is, like I said, it is way too early to see if the government's just going to go. All right, well, this was a waste of our time. We're out. Or if if this is going to head anywhere. So we'll wait until it starts to head somewhere to really uh, weigh in on it. But uh, just know that uh, several governments are in that space. Um, and also, I, I did look it up. Uh, EA has backed down the hour requirements um, for, 
for uh, getting things. So at least that's good. Anyway, um, I guess, I guess, kind of congratulations to EA and congratulations to to Reddit for accomplishing this, even if it's uh, only short term. This week's news from the tubes on F5 Live is proudly powered by Riff Tracks. Make fun of movies or let the professionals do it because that's what they get paid to do. The guys who used to do Mystery Science Theater 3000 are back doing what they do best, making fun of movies. From blockbusters to, uh, well, let's go with this. The Boy in the Plastic Bubble. They've got a little bit of everything. The way it normally works is for a couple, I love when I use a good title and I get Abram to laugh. <laughs> the way it works is for John a Travolta was in that, wasn't he? Yes, indeed. Okay. Um, for a couple of bucks, you download the MP3, play it along with your DVD, Netflix, Amazon, wherever the movie happens to exist, and laugh. Uh, from time to time, they do uh, some live events, uh, which for 2017, the, uh, the slate has been finished, but we have some new ones that will be coming in 2018 that will be announced after the first of the year. They will probably do a Kickstarter or Indiegogo to fund them like they have in the past. We will keep you updated on that. And of course, they also have uh, short films available as well. Um, and you can find all of that by going to f5live.tv slash tracks with an X. Uh... In case you're curious, the boy in the plastic bubble is uh, on a Black Friday week special, two dollars off. So, uh, oh man, I think that one makes fun of itself. Yeah, you know what? In my experience, the ones that do that are the ones that they have the most fun with, because yeah. uh, the Sharknado stuff is some of my all-time favorite. <laughs> And those films were made as a joke on themselves. So, the <laughs> oh, seeing those in the theater live. Oh, wonderful. Anyway, that's not what we're going to talk about. Let's talk about bug bounty programs. They've become fairly popular, uh, especially in the last year. Microsoft, Google, Apple all have them. Uh, the smaller companies are starting to get involved as well. Everybody basically wants to outsource their their security issues, I guess, to people they don't know, whatever, whether you like or dislike the idea of a bug bounty program, they exist, they are popular, and not every company knows how to implement one. Uh, a great example of that is DJI. Uh, I think everybody knows DJI. They may not know them by that name, but you have encountered the uh, phantom drones either out in the wild or a friend has one or somebody you know considers himself a filmmaker and has spent a lot of money on one. Um, I think the brand name is is uh, common enough that everybody has probably encountered it at some point, and they're made by DJI. Um, the company in August announced a bug bounty program, not unusual, uh, but did not have like a user guide on what was or was not included in the program, because depending on you know, what they're looking for, maybe server stuff, maybe off off the table, maybe they're just hoping you'll find problems with their firmware or their mobile app or something like that. Um, there was absolutely no guidance from the company on what they were looking for or what they were willing to pay for. 
And so um, the community obviously has been confused and has tried to contact the company. One person in particular um, whose name has gotten away from me, um, Kevin Finisterre. I think is how you pronounce the last name. Um, uh, Kevin did a bunch of research on GitHub in particular, the source of most uh, inappropriate information in software, and um, discovered that there were some problems created by DJI. And so he contacted the company and asked them what was included. Is server stuff included? If there were problems with the company securing its own data, would that be included? They told him, absolutely. Uh, server stuff is 100% included. And so he set about looking for holes. And the holes he found were many and myriad and terrifying. Um, he was able to get a hold of their SSL certificate, their public and private keys for their Amazon Web Services account, all by just looking at code submitted to GitHub. By the way, if you're submitting code to GitHub and making it public, think before you do. <laughs> Don't include your database keys. Do not include your cloud keys. Pay attention to what you're actually uploading to GitHub. Anyway, so DJI had uploaded their SSL certificate, their public and private keys for Amazon, and within pretty short order, um, he was able to access um, uh, passport and driver's license photos, photos of customers who had been uh, injured by uh, blades that had failed, and all kinds of other things. Because once he had the endpoints for Amazon, he discovered that many of them were public anyway, and you didn't need any security uh to access the photos and documents therein, which obviously is a huge problem. So he worked with DJI to submit this information, and the end result was a threat of legal action from the company, <sighs> which, what? <laughs> this guy is trying to help you. Uh, before they threatened legal action, they uh, offered to hire him and then almost immediately threatened him under uh, Chinese law which I thought was an oxymoron. Anyway, um, so obviously that was a bizarre turn of events. And on top of being threatened with legal action, DJI has actively started a uh, smear campaign against the guy online trying to discredit him as a uh, reputable uh, security figure. Which is the weirdest response from a bug bounty program ever. There have been weird ones, but this is the weirdest that I've encountered. Have, have you heard of anything even close before? <sighs> no, but it, it, um, but now that I'm hearing about this, uh, definitely makes me think twice about, about getting one of their drones. Um, because not yeah, just right. because I think it's outrageous that a, a company would uh, would do that to someone who is trying to help them on their own request, no less. Mm -hmm. um, but 
uh, that it really shows that they don't care about security. Yeah. Because uh, they're in. I think that they're threatening this guy because they're embarrassed. Yeah. Which would they're explain em- which would explain the smear campaign too. You know they're embarrassed. But you know what? It's, they should be embarrassed. Sure. Absolutely. This is this and, is and massively com- compounding embarrassing. it by compounding it through compounding that through bad behavior you know only means that you haven't learned your any lesson uh-huh. from this and you really don't care about user security and privacy at all you just care that you were caught yeah so so you know that you know that makes you know you really got to think about companies that are storing your data in the cloud mm-hmm. hmm, can i trust them right um, i don't know it's it's especially if you're dealing with something uh, like, okay, so obviously the first thing you think when you hear that there were driver's license and passport photos, your first thought is, what? But D- one of the things that DJI offers is the, the ability to process um, the, the license for the FCC in the United States. Um, they, they have a whole process for, for filing that on your behalf. So... Uh, it's not once you know that it's not all that bizarre that that information exists. But what is bizarre is the fact that that the the endpoints are unsecured. Um, I mean, obviously we have unsecured storage endpoints, but we want you to be able to download our show. That so, it you know it all depends on the data. If if I had you know social security numbers, I wouldn't make that endpoint public. Because that would be a terrible idea. Um, right. And, right. So. And I haven't I haven't set up an Amazon storage um, account in a while. Um, it's probably been five or six years. So um, I don't know if they default to public or private. But I know that uh, that Azure's uh, blob storage defaults to private and you have to make it public. So if Amazon behaves the same way, that means that they. um this was a change that had to be made actively, which is interesting. Maybe that was their way of sharing it with the FCC. Maybe. Listen, we, we don't have to give you guys a password. So just here's like, here's a page you can go. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. you know, yeah. I, but that's, wow. That's don't, that's what the keys are for. That's, <laughs> you're supposed to be able to have a, at least again, through Azure, I know that there's a primary and a secondary key, so you could send a, a secondary read-only key to the FCC so that they could access the thing without making it available for me to see your passport. Or maybe Amazon's thing isn't as isn't as robust. I don't know. Again, I haven't used AWS in a number of years. You know, Amazon sounds sounds like sloppiness on the part of on the part of DJI. Yeah, almost certainly. I can't imagine that there's there's not a a secure with key capability on Amazon. That would be insane. And if there's not, then they shouldn't be then they shouldn't be using it like that. Yeah, then period. they should then they should be in in Azure where it does exist. Either way, you're absolutely right. Either way, it is totally on DJI because if it's if it's not possible, you shouldn't be using it. Yeah. Um, anyway, so clearly this story is um, developing. 
It's not. It's nowhere near done. Uh, the information that he collected since the company was not interested in the data except through a contract that his lawyer referred to as insulting um, and designed specifically to silence anybody who knows what's going on. Um, he decided not to accept the $30,000 bug bounty that was offered him and has made the information uh, available as one would expect. Um, not like he didn't like release here are the keys <laughs> that that DJI screwed up. He said DJI screwed up and made their keys public. Things like that. Um, hopefully they're fixing it now that the information's out there. But uh, this is this is just getting started. Uh, we will likely keep people apprised on any new developments because it is for me it is beyond fascinating and uh, one of the reasons why I never participate in bug bounty programs this week's DRM not included on F5 Live is proudly powered by Amazon Prime. We know that we get free shipping. You might even know that you get uh, other features like Amazon Fresh. But what you might not know is that with your Amazon Prime subscription, you get all kinds of capabilities. Amazon Prime Music, which has a couple million songs available essentially for free and a discount on the full Amazon Music Unlimited subscription. It has Amazon Prime Video, which has a lot of unique content um, available for no extra charge, including uh, Amazon original content like The Tick. There's even uh, partner content like uh, HBO's back catalog available on there for free. I can't tell you how many times I've watched through the newsroom from HBO uh, on Amazon Prime. And the ability to add other stations uh, like HBO and Showtime to your subscription. And Twitch Prime. You get one free uh, Twitch subscription per month with uh, Amazon Prime. And... Uh, Unlimited photo storage with Amazon Prime Photos, uh, which is a cool capability as well. Uh, with all of those things, you can still get a 30-day free trial to try all of this stuff out if you're not already a subscriber. Or if you are, to get links to all of these features and to get more details, you can go to f5live.tv slash Amazon. So let's stay in the Amazon topic and let's talk about an announcement that was made this week by Amazon. And that is that there is a Lord of the Rings universe uh, TV series in development by Amazon. Um, they announced it on what Monday morning. And there was some information available at the time, and more information has come out uh, since the initial um, announcement. And it is interesting to say the least. 
uh, it's going to the the story is going to exist between the Hobbit and the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Um, so it'll be essentially in between the original three movies that came out 10 plus years ago and the new three that came out over the last couple of years, it'll live uh, in the middle and is quote unquote new story. So is it coming from the Similarion? It, it's a good question. Um, And is this supposed to be a continuation yeah. or part of of uh, Peter Jackson's, um, I don't know what you'd call it, universe? Um, yes. From what I understand, it is supposed to live in that space. Um, I don't. So think, they're filming I don't it in New heard, Zealand. <laughs> maybe I haven't heard for sure that it lives in the same cinematic universe. Uh, but that is certainly what has been uh, suggested. If it's taking place between those rather than being a remake, because I feel like the movies that they that Peter Jackson made are so good that like I really don't think anyone needs to ever make another Hobbit or Lord of the Rings movie. I mean, not that the Hobbit ones were that. I mean, they they dragged on, but we really don't need to see any more. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we don't need more. Um, I, I'm kind of, I feel kind of, uh, Tolkien out after having seen the last, the, the three Hobbit movies that really should have been one Hobbit movie. Uh-huh. Um, and kind of, you know, I frankly, we're kind of boring. It was um, originally, me. it was originally supposed to be one movie. Yeah. They, they really wanted to, to milk it and, uh-huh. uh, it's, it's, it's just, the reason why Peter Jackson was brought back in. The original director uh, refused to do it as three films. Yeah. So so I get people are trying to, you know, I don't know. I, I would try watching it, sure. Sure. Uh, on the, you know, there's a lot of great stuff that hasn't been mined in this world uh, to, to be doing shows about shows from. But if they want to try it, um, I'm certainly, you know, willing to willing to watch an episode or two to see how it turns out. I, I won't say I'm excited for it, you know? Yeah. Uh, I give, uh, I give, honestly, there aren't too many shows on, on, um, there are like two shows on Amazon that I really, original shows on Amazon that I really like. Uh, I, Man in the High Castle. Mm-hmm. Fantastic show. Yeah. Um, and then uh, kind of under the radar, a lot of people uh, don't know about Bosch, which is like a d- detective show that's a lot like The Wire. Yeah. Um, that's uh, and has some people from The Wire in it. Um, that's uh, real, really great. So those are the two Amazon shows that that I uh, that I always watch that, you know, when they I'll be there the first day when they publish the new season of, of either of those. Yeah. But um but uh, the other stuff I haven't so far hasn't been too exciting for me. But periodically I'll look through Amazon and they will have a movie that I haven't seen because they seem to get new movies, uh, new movies faster than Netflix does. Yeah. In a lot of cases. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. There was uh, a 
There was a series um, produced in 2013 and 2014 when Amazon was first getting into originals. It was actually part of their original um, uh, You Pick 'em program. <laughs> I don't I don't remember what they call it, but that's <laughs> that's what I call it. Um, called Alpha House. That was really great. Ah, uh, so yeah, I mean, so like if you look, I have the page open right now. If you look at like some of the movies they have. I mean, it's, it's pretty impressive that they have, you know, they have movies the last from the last couple of years on here. Whereas Netflix, sorry, they always have such old, old stuff. Sometimes it's stuff you really want, you know, but like, you know, they have arrival, which didn't that come out last year. Yeah. 2016. Uh, And that was, that was like an Oscar quality film, you know, it was a good movie. I actually haven't watched it yet, but I was oh. thinking of watching it on Amazon because there it is, you know. Yeah, it was a good movie. I was it, I was surprised by how good it was. My brother said, "You've got to see this movie," and so I know, did. And it was really great. A, you know, a little while ago, I uh, I watched Moonlight on here. That was this year's Oscar winner. Yep. You know, so uh, you know they they've gotten some. They've gotten some movies on here that were pretty, you know, pretty fr- pretty new. Um, so uh, props to them. I mean, it's a good it's a good service. I will. Uh, I mean, they're certainly capable of making good stuff. So yeah, for sure. I certainly, I would certainly try it. The uh, the one thing Amazon. I know you're a sponsor. Hopefully, you're listening. Um, uh, the the interface on the computer. You have to make it better. Eh, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's a little challenging. I mean, eh, I don't really, I don't find it too, too bad. One thing I don't really see there often is it. It's not easy to find necessarily find the new arrivals. Mm-hmm. You know, but um, I don't know. It's like lower down the recently added movies. Recently added. So, yeah. So you know, you can. You can you can find stuff, but uh, looks like they recently added like almost every James Bond movie. Um, uh, to to tie our last two sponsors together real quick, um, it, under recently added right now is the riff tracks of Santa and the Ice Cream Bunny. <laughs> oh wow! So there you go. Uh, Which, so, by yeah, the way, I mean, is wonderful. Anyway, keep going. <laughs> so yeah, I definitely I think somebody should uh I think I think it's definitely worth watching, you know, or worth considering, yeah. you know. Yeah. I'm I'm looking forward to seeing it. Um it'll be it'll be interesting. They haven't announced when it'll happen. What they have announced is that um they have already made a multiple season commitment. Um and that there is a there's already potential for a spin-off series as well. So, they are very excited about it. Spinoff of the spinoff. I, I don't have control over this. <laughs> I can I can only tell you what Amazon has said. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what happens here. Um, obviously Amazon's excited. Clearly, uh, the estate must be excited, or they wouldn't have. They wouldn't have gone for this because if you remember the disaster that happened the last time they tried to do. A, a series it's the reason why we didn't get the movies for so long uh 
because the estate didn't want to try and do anything ever again. And luckily, Peter Jackson talked them out of that, but <laughs> it was bad. So they are they have obviously had commitments made to them that made the estate uh, happy. So I'm hoping it'll be good. Obviously, we have nothing to go on except um, that everything else that's been produced over the last decade in the universe has been good, and Amazon is doing okay with their original stuff. I think I, like that's that's the extent of what we have to go on right now. But fingers crossed, right? Yeah, I, I mean, I I hope it's I hope it's good. I have uh, I have high hopes. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, that is our show. Uh, thank you to those of you who have joined us live. Um, I've seen we've had some people in all of the chat rooms this evening. Thank you for joining us live. If you're not able to join us live, that is okay. You can go to plugkidslive.com slash subscribe and join us uh, on all of our series at your leisure. Um, it, we Obviously, we were off last week. We're back this week, and um, we are back for the next couple of weeks leading up to the holidays. Um, Abram and I will have to discuss what the schedule will look like um, into the holidays because uh, both Christmas Eve and New Year's Eve are on Sundays. So probably not the, probably not the night to do a show, but I don't think we should leave you guys hanging for that long. So maybe we'll have to shift to another night and see what works. Um, but yeah, but we do have the next couple of weeks uh, pretty normal, which will be good. Um, and like we said earlier, Laptop Mag, Tom's Guide, and Plug His Live are all publishing reviews, uh, end of the year holiday reviews at as frantic a rate as, as the products are coming in if we can. So uh, keep an eye on all, all three sites for, for new product reviews. And um, we've got some unboxing videos to go along with some of our product reviews. So uh, content galore over the next couple of weeks. And I guess on that note, on behalf of the staff that's not here, I'm Scott. I'm Avram. And we will see you guys back next week. Have a good Thanksgiving if you're here in the United States. Ciao.